on the Posig Vayikra Shom B'Shem Hashem Kel Olam, that Avram Avinu calls out in the name of Hashem, the Gemara tells us, Al Tikri Vayikra El Vayakri, don't only read it that he called out, but Vayakri he made others call. Melamidus teaches us, Shehikri Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu made Hashem's name be called out by all of those people that passed by his tent. How did this work? The Gemara explains that after they ate and drank, they wanted to bless Avram. So he said to them, did you eat my food? You ate Hashem's food. You should thank and bless the one who created the world. The Medrash adds some more details and says that those people that after they ate, they didn't want to bench Hashem. So Avram Avinu demanded payment from them. And he demanded a very, very high payment for giving them food and drink, explaining to them, that because they are in the desert, a place where there is no other food and drink, so therefore, the food and drink is obviously much more expensive, and it's worth paying much more. When these people heard that such a large sum of money is being demanded of them, so then they gave in, and they said, Baruch Keleilam, thanks Hashem, Shachat, blessed is Hashem, whose food we have eaten. Now simply what seems to be is that the fact that they were then saying Baruch Keleilam was without a choice, in other words, because they wanted to avoid the payment, so now they were benching. But it's not that they were really, truly, sincerely agreed to bench. And therefore, the Rebbe says, this seems to be very strange. We understand that if Avram is convincing people, influencing people to bench, but they're going to do it with their own good good will, so then we understand what he's accomplishing and what we mean, that he made everyone call out in Hashem's name, and Hashem's name famous. But those people that Avram is pressuring and forcing the bench, Seemingly, what is the point of their saying? Only one time, by Avram, they're just proclaiming Baruch Keloilam. It seems to be insignificant. It seems to be meaningless. How is it possible to say that through this he's publicizing Hashem's name in the world if really these people are still lacking that recognition of the Baruch of the creator of the world? And the Rebbe explains, had we been speaking about a Yid, so we know the famous Psagdin of the Rambam, that even when, when a Yid is forced to do a mitzvah or to stay away from an Aveira, it's still considered, it's still considered that he's doing it willingly. Famous Rambam discussing a get that was forced. And the Rambam explains that because this person really wants to be a Yid and he wants to do all the mitzvahs, he wants to distance himself from the Aveiras, it's only this Yetzar Hara that's overpowering him, that's getting the better, better of him. But now that he's being struck, now that his Yetzar is being made weaker, and he's finally saying, yes, I want to give this divorce. I want to do this, what Torah wants from me. So now it's considered that he's doing it willingly. So this is all understood by a yid. That means because Be'etzim in his essence and the panimius of his nefesh, he wants to be a yid. He wants to do all the mitzvahs. He doesn't, the fact that he didn't want to do it till now is only, only an external factor. So now, when through force, we are removing this external opposition that's coming from his Yetzirah, and finally, he's now saying, yes, I do want to do what Torah wants. So we could say that this was really revealing the inner desire of the Yid himself. But that's all true regarding a Yid. The question, however, is, how does this apply? It doesn't seem to be the same when we're speaking about all of these people passing by Avraham Bavinu's tent, which are, of course, not Yid. So the Rebbe looks at the Yifei Toyar, which is one of the Mepharshim on the Medrash, who says... That even though it's true that these people that were benching now, possibly they weren't being honest. They were just thanking Hashem against their will. Nevertheless, Avram is being yoitza, his obligation towards Hashem. He's doing his part. 
And if these people are tricking Avram, then it's the, then, then the fault is theirs, the sin is, is upon them. But the Rebbe says this needs beer, this needs clarification. Because first of all, if in fact they're not being honest, they are tricking him, then what is being accomplished at all? And more importantly, it's very difficult to say that Avram is just to be doing it to be Yoitze, his obligation. And practically, it's in a way that these people are all tricking him and fooling him, because the Medrash tells us elsewhere that because of this way of Avram's behavior, that he got everyone to say, Hashem actually says, I consider it as if Avram Avinu is my partner in the creation of the world. And Hashem says that on my own, my name was not being known and becoming famous to all of the people, to all of the creations. And you, Avram Avinu, made everybody know about me. Which tells us that Avram Avinu did achieve that people should have a recognition in the Boyer Yolam and the creator of the world. And that's why he's considered a partner with Hashem in creation. We don't find, says the Rebbe, in any place that we should start differentiating that that's only regarding those people that Avram managed to convince them without any pressure. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first exploring and seeing that there's another way of how the inner desire of a Yid is revealed. And that is by striking and making the Yitzhar weaker, but in a way that not only is the person saying, Reitzani, that now that inner desire came out and finally he's saying, yes, I want to do what based in or the Torah is telling me, which Bechitsani is an external and an open way, it seems to be, like as if he's being forced, but rather we find a way that this inner desire is now actually impacting also his external desire, that now he really wants to do this. And the Rebbe says, we find by the story of the Miraglim. Originally, the Miraglim say, Ki humi menu, that um, as Chazal explains, as the Gemara explains, that what they really meant over here was that the people, the Goyim and Eretz Yisrael, are stronger than Hashem. As a result of this, all the Yidden are crying, and they want to return to Mitzrayim. They say, let us appoint a leader and go back to Mitzrayim. Then the Torah relates how Moshe Rabbeinu spoke very, very strong and harsh words to the Yidden. would be similar like to strike them, but verbally. As a result of this, the Yidden are crying, the Yidden are mourning, the Yidden are upset. And finally they say, yes, we want to go straight up, we want to go right away to the place that Hashem said. In other words, what happened over here? Because he told them off in such a strong way, now they are ready to go. The Rebbe says, with this we're also going to understand something that the Mishnah says in Pirkei Yavis. The Mishnah says, Every single day there is a baskel, there's a heavenly voice coming out from Har Choyrev, which is Har Sinai, announcing and saying, Woe to the people, to the Brios, to the creations, may Elboina shall Torah because of the disgrace that they're causing the Torah. And Shekol Mishaini Oisig Torah because anyone that doesn't, is not involved in Torah. Nikran Nozuf is called a Nozuf, which means someone that's banned, someone that's excommunicated. And the Rebbe says seemingly, the point of a Baskel, the point of a heavenly voice, is to affect a Yid, that he should have a Yisoyerus, he should now be inspired to be involved in learning Torah. So seemingly this announcement, this Baskel, should have been primarily dealing with how precious learning Torah is, the advantages, the qualities of learning Torah. Why is the emphasis, the focus, only on the chisorin, the lack of the problem when you're not learning. Especially, says the Rebbe, 
the Baskal is, is coming specifically to those kinds of Yidin, which are called Briois, as the Mishnah says, Oilohem le Briois. And what is Briois? Briois creation. The Alter Rebbe tells us in Tanya that this is referring. Now, Alter Rebbe says, People that are distant from Hashem, from the Torah of Hashem, distant from Hashem's Avoida. And that's what means Briois. They're called Briois. Ba'alma, meaning there's nothing else that can be said about them. Their only mila, their only quality is the fact that they were created by Hashem. And now this mission is telling us that this Baskal is trying to come and influence these people too to be involved in learning Torah. So the question then is, how does it make sense that this announcement of Oilam Labrio Ismail Bainushal Torah, in other words, just saying how terrible it is, how disgraceful it is, but without going out and explaining the preciousness and the advantage of learning Torah, how is this going to be sufficient to influence these types of Yidin as well? Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, since every Yid is a Nefesh kiss, every Yid deep down inside, the Nefesh kiss, he wants to do all of the mitzvahs. Furthermore, in the Pnimiyas of a Yid, there are very, very deep and precious Oitzrois, treasures of Emunas Hashem and Ahavas Hashem, which is, of course, the Avas Hashem is going to be the source for all the other mitzvahs. So really, a Yid doesn't need to have explanations about the great advantage of learning Torah. All you need to do is bring out the Pneumius, that it should come out in a revealed way, then automatically he wants to be doing Torah. Now, the truth of the matter is like this. The Mishnah is speaking about someone of Briois, Oilohem le Briois. That is, if the person would really not be on the level of Briois, on such a low level that, as we said, his only advantage is that he's created by Hashem, we would be able to reveal these precious treasures inside of him by just shining some light, revealing some light, meaning emphasizing the preciousness of learning Torah or similar sorts of ideas. But since we're speaking about someone that's on this level of Briois, someone on a lowly level, because of his coarseness, because of his thickness, in other words, because of his revealed faculties. It seems to be he's in a situation where the Oira Nisham is not really penetrating there. So this is why we need to remove all of this coarseness. We need to remove remove all of the lowliness. We need to break it. So that that so it shouldn't be covering over the Nisham anymore. And how do we break that? How do we remove this thickness, this coarseness? This is through this announcement, through this rebuke, when we say how terrible it is that these people are causing a disgrace to the Torah and someone that's not that's not involved in Torah is called a Nazuf, is called that he's excommunicated, etc., etc. Says to them, this way of Shavira, this way of breaking someone through this announcement of the Baskel, is still referring to a type of Yid that at least is Shaykh, he's within the realm of being able to appreciate and uh, 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 and be able to realize that his lowly Ruchni is the situation is coming from the fact that he's causing the disgrace to the Torah. And furthermore, also in this current situation, even when he has this lowliness and this coarseness, and it's covering over his neshama, he's still somehow sensitive to something ruchni is coming from the neshama. In other words, we're speaking about a person that this rebuke and breaking the chumrius is not completely just about breaking, it's more about revealing that which is there already behelim, and it just has to come out from its concealed state to a revealed state. However, says the Rebbe, there's sometimes someone even lower than that, which is so lowly that nothing of Ruchni is touches him at all. Because as a result of his coarseness, as a result of his lowliness, the panimius of his neshama is completely, completely concealed. 
And since he's a person that's not even be able to, not able to at all appreciate and be sensitive to in his current situation, to how lowly he is, therefore the nazifa, the rebuke that has to be done in this case, is the kind that it's whole total, it's all about, just about breaking. It's more about like a scream. The Rebbe is quoting from here, a piece of Tanya with the Alpha. The Rebbe says, I want you to scream on the eight Sahara. Atara, that you're bad, you're evil, you're Russia, you're disgusting, etc., etc. And that's going to be poiled. That's going to bring about a Shavira, a break in his whole essence. And now he'll be able to become a Kali for Kedusha. And the Rebbe is now going to give some examples for this idea. Says the Rebbe, an example for this type of idea, we find in the story of the Gemara. The Gemara tells a story about Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon, how he comes to a town. And how a certain person that was very, very ugly encounters him. How Rabbi Lazar says to him, Reka, you empty vessel. How, how disgusting, how ugly this person looks. And this person, obviously insulted, and he goes and says, go ahead and tell the Uman, the craftsman that has made me. Tell him how disgusting or ugly the vessel that he made was. And the Rebbe asks the question. The Rebbe is using a a, a, a an expression that the Gemara often use, uses. Meikara Microsoft. Meaning, what did Rebbe Lazar think initially? Did Rebbe Lazar not know before this person said, go tell the craftsman that made me? Did Rebbe Lazar not know that the body and its shape, its form, the way it looks, is handcrafted by Hashem? Also says the Rebbe, we need to understand, how is it even possible that Rebbe Lazar should be saying such words? This you know, empty vessel, how, how ugly you look, etc., etc. Says the Rebbe, the explanation is, with these words, you empty vessel, how ugly this person looks. Rebbe Lazar primarily actually meant the true type of emptiness or ugliness, which is in the spiritual sense, which means Rebbe Lazar looked at this person and he recognizes in this person that this person is so lowly in his spiritual state not being able to find any sort of quality in this person, any sort of ruchni is the quality in this person. Furthermore, we mentioned before that there's a concept called briois. Some people, their only quality is that they're created by Hashem. Says the Rebbe, even this quality was not noticeable on this person, wasn't felt by this person. So Rebbe Lazar sees this person in this current spiritual state that he is, he realizes that this is a person that there's no other way to deal with him. This person says, Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi Lazar doesn't even want to answer him because Rabbi Lazar realizes there's no other way to deal with him other than completely nullifying, breaking this coarseness inside of him. And this is what he says, Reka, you empty vessel, how ugly you look. That's going to break his lowliness, his coarseness. In fact, says the Rebbe, what do we see happens next in the story? Immediately, as soon as he says this, as soon as he breaks him in a certain sense, in this way, what does this person say? Go tell the craftsman that made me. Ah, what does this mean? That means suddenly he is recognizing that there's a craftsman that made me. He has a recognition that there's Hashem. He has a recognition and he realizes that there's an Ummah, there's a craftsman that made me. In other words, he at least recognizes this idea that I have this quality that I'm created by Hashem. And furthermore, the Rebbe says, not only is he, like we said before, Brio is created by Hashem, but he's saying, Umon Sheosani, like a craftsman that made me. Which means, he also feels that there's a purpose of my creation, like when a craftsman makes something, which obviously has a purpose, a goal. Here too, this person is finally starting to sense and to realize that Hashem made him for a purpose. The Rebbe explains another story. Similarly, says the Rebbe, we can explain a story that Chassidim relate about the Rebbe Nishmasayim, about the Rebbe Rashab, which happened in the beginning of his Nesiyas. 
a yid comes into Yechidus to the Rebbe Rashab, asking him for, for a brach in a very, very serious matter. Which he needed at the time, and he needed a biggest oyder of Sirachim, and he needed a lot of mercy from above. The Rebbe Nishma said, and the Rebbe Rashab responds, sorry, I can't do anything for you. There's not no way I can help you. Hearing such a response, the Yid goes out of the Rebbe's room. He breaks out in bitter tears. He's crying. As he's going and crying, he meets, he encounters the Razor, Rebbe Zalman Aaron, the older brother of, Rebbe, of the Rebbe Rashab. When the Razor asks him why he's crying, so the Yid tells him what happened and what the Rebbe responded to him. The Razor goes into his brother's room, into the Rebbe's room. As mentioned before, this is the beginning of the Nasis of the Rebbe Rashab. And he says to him, what, is, is this the way you act? Is this the Seder? Is this the way to go about it? If someone comes and asks you, bracha, you just tell him you can't help him. He's crying bitterly outside because he's so distressed. So the Rebbe Nishmoseyedin puts on his gartel. He says that you should come back into him. And when he comes in, the Rebbe Rashab gives him, he benches him. And the bracha, of course, is fulfilled by Poyol Mamash. And the Rebbe says, seemingly, the story is not understood. Why did the Rebbe Rashab initially refuse to help this Yid? And in such a sharp way, he says, I can't help you. It completely breaks the person. Because says the Rebbe, even if it's, we can imagine it to be the case, that the Rebbe Rashab wasn't able to help him, at least he can somehow find some words of encouragement, some words of strengthening, some words of bitachain. For example, using the, what the Gemara says, he could tell him that even if a sharp sword is on the, on the, on the neck of a person, he should never stop himself from davening for Hashem's mercy. There's surely, surely some words that Rebbe Rashab could have told him. Says the Rebbe, so we could explain similar to what we said before. When this Yid comes and asks a bracha for the Rebbe, at that point, his spiritual state, he was in a kind of state that it was impossible for, to be able to receive this kind of bracha that that situation needed at the time. He was completely not a keli, not a vessel for this bracha. And that's what the Rebbe Rashab is telling him, that I can't help you. But by hearing these words of the Rebbe, this was poiled, this caused such a brokenness because of the bitter state that this Yid is in, that he completely breaks down in, and, and breaks down crying, pouring out his heart to the Abishter, and this itself made him now like a new Metzius, like a new entity, and therefore now he's a Kali for the Brach of the Abishter. Says the Rebbe, it is this type of Bitush, this type of Nazifa, this type of rebuke and breaking, which the point of it is not to reveal the Oira Neshama that's already there. Because as we said before, we're speaking about a person that in his current state, he's not even a Kali. He's not even a vessel to this oil of Kedusha. Rather, at this point, it's mainly the point of focus is just breaking the grubkite, breaking the coarseness. And says that this kind of idea is Shaykh also by a, by a non-Jew. The only difference is, by a Yid, no matter in how lowly of a state he is, he has an Ashamu, he has a Nefesholikis, and therefore even as he's doing an Avera, as we said before, in truth, he always wants to be a yid. He wants to do all the right things. He wants to do the mitzvahs. And therefore, even when we're breaking him, it's only completely in, ex- in, in his external part. Because but Panimius, there is good always, even before he was broken. And therefore, the ultimate purpose of breaking that coarseness is only to cause that it should be revealed. The Panimius that really is there, is there d- deep down inside. However, when we speak about a non-Jew, who does not have the nefesh kiss. So the shavira, what that's going to do, it's not about revealing the goodness that's there. But what it is doing is, is it's achieving the ability, a yachoyless, a potential, 
that now this person should be able to reach new spiritual levels that previously he wasn't able to. But it is something that a, that a, that that a goy is shayich to. So now through this breaking, he could finally reach those levels. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Avram Avinu is pressuring these people that are passing by that didn't that ain't by him to bench, and they should say Baruch Kaloyim Shachalum Shaloy. And the Rebbe explains because even a Ben Noyach, even a non-Jew, especially that was speaking already after the time of the Mabul, has the ability to recognize that Yesh Balabayis that there is a boss, that there's a creator, there's a boss to this mansion, to this world, and therefore Avram is involved in publicizing Elikus in the mouths of all of those people passing by by explaining to the matters of Elikus with many many explanations. But when he sees by some of them that somehow all of these explanations are not helping. In other words, that shows what kind of, kind of lowly and coarse state these people are. Even more than a regular Ben Noyach. The Rebbe says we see even amongst Ben Noyach there are differences. We find it in regarding, for example, we find in Chumash a difference between Chum versus Shem and Yefes. Says the Rebbe, so in order to break this extra coarseness that these Goyim have, he had to bring them to a state of pressure, to a state of be, really being distressed. And that was Poyol. That helped that Avram's explanations that he had given them already should finally, to a certain degree at least, be able to penetrate in them. And now as a result of that, they're recognizing and saying, Baruch In other words, just to summarize, what the Rebbe is really saying is that it's not about the breaking per se. What the bre- and the breaking, the pressure caused them to bench. What caused them to bench is Avram's explanations. But they were so coarse that they first needed to come to a certain level of distress. And now they could finally say and recognize Baruch Kelayim Shachalim Shaloi. The Rebbe concludes with the Hirah simply. The Rebbe says, "My We have to act like Avraham Avinu doing everything to publicize godliness in the world. And exactly like Avraham Avinu did it. Because also the way Avraham Avinu acted and the obvious generally is a simul Labonim. That is, we cannot suffice with just being Makar of those Yidin that are in our houses already. But we have to go out into the street and we have to achieve with every single Yid, Oivrim Vishavim, also those that are passing by, and Kol Oivrim Vishavim, and all people passing by. We have to work with everyone. And we have, the Ishtadlis has to be an, in every single way possible. That means, even if, in order to be able to accomplish this, we need to give them what they need. We need to give them the food, the drink, and so on and so forth. And furthermore, even if the way to, to impact them is going to be through some sort of pressure, obviously, which means it needs to be we need to do it in pleasant ways, etc. But sometimes we need to apply a certain type of pressure as well. And if someone comes and argues and says, what's the point? What are we achieving? What's the idea of getting someone to say a bracha, to say shema, to daven? But if he's seemingly doing it without his rotzoin, without his desire, without his heart, and he's just going to put on Phil at this time to sort of get out of the, the pressure that you're putting on him. And what's going to be tomorrow? We don't even know what's going to happen with this guy tomorrow. So what's the point of all of this? So we tell him this story in the Torah. And Torah, as we know, is a Lashon Hayro. It's a lesson. And we use with a Kalvachoymer. We say, if in the times of Avram, when we're speaking about Bnei Noyach, and it's before Matan Torah, and yet it was this kind of conduct that Hashem says about it, that He Isi, you Avram made me known amongst my creations, how much more so after Matan Torah. And regarding a Yid, which we said before, every Yid wants to be a Yid, and wants to do all the mitzvahs. That surely when He does a mitzvah, it's definitely because of His inner Ratzai. 
And furthermore, it's possible that this pressure, this forcing is going to accomplish that it's also going to be his rotsin, his, his desire in a revealed way. Furthermore, that it's going to cause mitzvah, gereris, mitzvah, one mitzvah leading to the next. And it'll be able, and it'll fulfill all of the mitzvahs in a perfect way. Says the Rebbe, and this avoid of publicizing the name of Hashem in the world, in a way, as we said, see that Hashem says, you made my name known amongst my creations. Well, hasten, mida connected mida, the promise of Kimalar is all the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem. Through Yamud Melech Mebez David, when the king, Mashiach, will get up from the house of David, the Yaakov call Yisrael, and it will force all of the Yidden to go in the ways of Torah and to strengthen Torah. Both Torah Shemiksav and Torah Shemal Peh, which will of course be Begulah, Mitzvah Shleimah, Yidei, Mashiach, Tzidkeinah.